This episode is brought to you by Iron Aesthetics. They are an award-winning medical spa with three locations on the North Shore, including Linfield, Newburyport, and Salem, Mass. Their practice is women-owned, nurse practitioner-led since 2012. They offer the best technology, services, and products to help people meet their goals. Schedule a consultation with their providers and let them get you started with a customized treatment plan. You can schedule via email at info at rnaesthetics.com or call them at 978-594-4356. Welcome back to Scissors and Scrubs in this festive holiday season. Jingle bell. (laughs) So... You know, we're going to give you a Christmas scissors and scrubs away, which means we're going to shit all of all your holidays with some really depressing stuff. <laughs> Make you so, question everything you're going to do. Exactly. Yeah. We have all these holiday parties coming up. Mm-hmm. What do we do with the holiday parties? Drink. We drink. We drink. We drink. We drink a lot. <laughs> we then binge, they try you might to do say. that January, dry January, yeah. and then you go back to drinking, mm-hmm. and then the summer comes and you're drinking some more. Yeah. And... You know, everything is good in moderation. Everything. But we had to discuss what happens when drinking is not moderate mm-hmm. and you become an alcoholic. Yes. Um, <clears throat> people think alcoholism is just a liver issue, but uh, alcoholism f- literally affects everything. from stem to stern yeah. on you. Everything. Absolutely everything. So um, we're going to cover that today. Yep. We just left a lovely retirement brunch for nice. somebody who we've worked with for, well, we have not worked with him for 42 years, but he's retiring after 42 years. Yes. And I feel like I'm getting left behind. I just, I was saying that to one of the ladies that was there that's retired a long time ago, not a long time, you know, several years ago right. though. And I was like, everyone's leaving. Mm. I'm like, like everyone's leaving. It's like you're in prison and they're all getting paroled and you you know yeah. you got another 10 years like, on the We're sentence. the old ladies now. Like, yeah. we're like the old people that, yeah. oh, what and was it like we, then? I'm like, well, I'm not that old. Like, I don't know, you know. Right. But we're watching the people who worked the way we did yes. leave. Yes. And it's, and you can't explain to the new kids what these people like because they have no idea. No. And it's, I feel like I'm getting left behind. I hate it. I know. Um, I, feel I wish like them someone's all grandmother, though, like, oh, when so-and-so was here, yeah. it was just so wonderful. And Things were so much better. Yeah. yeah. Or when we were just in one building and everybody knew each other. Yeah, that you know? was better. And I'm like, it's just, it's not the same. No, it's not. So we, ha- I had a lovely alcoholic beverage for yes. breakfast, yes. Uh, nursing a little hangover from a Christmas party last night, which mm. was fun. Mm-hmm. And I, I am going back to moderation because... Um, over 50 and alcohol do not mix no. very well. No. And uh, it's not like you can bounce out of bed and recover and be like, I can go to work now. No, it's no, like a three-day problem. It's like a three-day problem. It's a headache. It's yeah. my stomach's a mess. It's it's to the it's bad enough that I will say, I'm good. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And I never thought those days would ever come, but um, I am there where I'm like, no, I'm good. Can't do this anymore. So, Sparkles, take it away. Okay. So I got my information from uptodate.com and mayoclinic.org. Um, and it's on alcohol abuse disorder, because that's what we call this Yes, now. A-D, yeah. A-A-D. Yeah. Ad. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was um, alcohol usage. It was a different, it was different uh, letters. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, it's not, we don't call it alcoholism anymore. I love how we take all these stigmas. I don't care what you call a pig. It's a pig. Yes. You can put all these different names on it. I know. We're still going to say the same, I have know. the same image. So alcohol abuse disorder is a pattern of alcohol use that involves problems with controlling your drinking, thinking about alcohol all the time, or using it even when it's causing problems. 
Um, your Which life. You see all the time. Yeah, your life revolves around it. Mm-hmm. Um, alcohol abuse disorder also involves having to drink more to get the same effect or having withdrawal symptoms when you suddenly stop or significantly decrease your usage. Mm-hmm. Unhealth- unhealthy alcohol <laughs> use <laughs> means using alcohol in a way that puts your health or safety at risk or causes other problems. Binge drinking is also considered unhealthy use. It doesn't mean you're thinking about it all the time, but no. if you're binge when you drinking, drink, you can't stop. Yes. Um, binge drinking is described as five or more drinks within two hours for men and at least four drinks in two hours for women. Wow. Which doesn't seem that much. No. I mean, well, in two hours? Four drinks? That's not that For a much. woman, but I mean, and, and the thing too is what they're considering drinks because uh, my brother had a friend that went to AA and he was like, I don't know, you know, the guy's like, when you go to A and they're talking drinks, they're talking. Oh, I have down what it is. It's, what is it, 12 ounces? Of beer. Yeah. We're not drinking 12 ounces. You're drinking double that half That's the what time. I'm saying. So four drinks isn't that much. That's what I'm saying. If you have two beers that are big, right. that's that's technically your, your four, four drinks. drinks. Right. No. So it's just like, and he, he saw his friend. He's like, oh, my God, I'm drinking like double that. Yeah. And he's like, maybe I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have what's considered one drink. 12 ounces of beer, that's 5% alcohol. Because some beers now are like 9% alcohol, mm. so that would be less and than And to my- give you an idea, I mean, I think what it is, 8 ounces is a cup. Yeah. So 12 ounces is a cup and a half of beer. Right. Most of your pints and shit are more than that. Four cups, right. you know? Um, and that's only at 5% alcohol, like I said. Like a mm. lot of these like, like a breweries like, that yeah. have beers are like 8, eight 9. 12, yeah. yeah, it's like crazy. Um, 8 to 9 ounces of malt liquor. Because malt liquor is usually about 7% alcohol. Five ounces of wine. Because wine is 12%. So it's a half a cup. Yeah. It's a half a cup of wine. Who drinks a half a cup? Right. That's what I'm saying when you think about it. Yeah. If you have two glasses of wine at a restaurant, you're having your four drinks oh, well and, within yeah, two in hours. Second. Yeah. Um, and 1.5%. Oh, no. 1.5 ounces of hard alcohol. Because hard alcohol is usually 40%. So 1.5 is a shot. Right. And in a drink, that's usually yeah. all it is, is a shot. But... Um, so it's not a drink. You're probably drinking way more than what a drink actually is. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, if your drinking causes repeated significant distress and problems functioning in your life, you probably have alcohol abuse disorder and early treatment is crucial. Don't let it get out of control. Um, signs and symptoms of alcohol abuse disorder. They can be mild, moderate, or severe. You're unable to limit the amount of alcohol you drink. Like, I'm just going to have one. And then you end up having 10. Six, yeah. Um, trying to cut down on what you drink, but being unsuccessful. Spending a significant amount of time drinking, getting alcohol, or recovering from using alcohol. Yeah. Craving alcohol. Failing to fulfill important obligations at work, school, or home because of your alcohol usage. Continuing to drink even though it is causing problems physically, socially, and financially. Yeah. Redu- reducing social act. Uh, reducing social activities and hobbies to use alcohol. Like you're not going to do the thing, oh, I, I used to play softball, but mm-hmm. I'm going to stay home and have a few You're going to stay home all yeah. the time so you can drink. Using alcohol in unsafe, unsafe situations like while swimming or driving, developing a tolerance, and experiencing withdrawal symptoms like nausea, sweating, and shaking when you don't drink or drinking so you don't have those symptoms. That. That if you don't, nothing else is your key. Yeah, that is that your is. key. You get the shakes when you stop drinking. Yeah, or you're like, I gotta have a drink so I don't do that. <clears throat> right. Those are all signs and symptoms that you have alcohol abuse disorder. Um, 
so I talked about withdrawal. What is withdrawal? It's it occurs when alcohol use is heavy and over a long period of time and then is abruptly stopped or very greatly reduced. So if mm-hmm. you drank a case every day and then you're like, I'm only going to have one. You're going to have withdrawal. withdrawals. Yep. Um, if you drink 12, well, I said, so if you drink 12 beers a day for a month, then stop cold turkey. You can and probably will go through withdrawal. It can happen a few hours after stopping or up to four to five days later. I talk about that in the DTs. Okay. Um, signs and symptoms of withdrawal are sweating, tremors, sleep disturbance, nausea and vomiting, rapid heartbeat, hallucinations, agitation, anxiety, and seizures. People can die from withdrawal. So when stopping or drastically reducing how much you drink, it is best to consult a physician. My stepfather used to, you know, he was an alcoholic and he would be sober and then he would go on a mm-hmm. huge binge. And then he'd be like, oh, I'm sick. I'm going to, I'm not going to be around for a little bit. And he would stay like in his room. And he would have Gatorade and I think like saltines or something. And like literally that was it for a week. And he would just withdraw. Like he would withdraw himself. And I was like, he's going to die doing this because like you'll go through DTs like you can die. Yeah. You have go see somebody that will tell you how to do it. They will help you do it. They will give you medicine to help you. Um, But don't just do it on your own. You can die. People things about alcoholism. I think that people don't realize it's not just heavy drinking. No. They were women. Mm-hmm. They have to have two glasses of wine every day. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, if you've been doing that for 10 years, you go in the hospital, they don't give you that wine. Right. You're going to have yep. withdrawal, and that's just a one or two glasses, but you have it every, every day. single day. Yeah. Um, And then I have what is alcohol intoxication. So intoxication occurs when the amount of alcohol in your bloodstream increases. The higher the blood alcohol content, the more likely you are to experience bad side effects. It causes mood changes, inappropriate behavior, poor judgment, slurred speech, poor coordination, and problems with attention and memory. If you are extremely intoxicated, you can experience blackouts where you don't remember events. Very high blood alcohol can lead to coma, brain damage, and death. And you hear that all the time. Spring break. Yeah. You know, over the kids, anywhere like a bunch of, you know, 18 to 24-year-olds are gathering, somebody gets alcohol mm-hmm. poisoning. Somebody, Everybody from the 80s knows somebody got their stomach pumped yep. from a party. Yeah. Um, and you can have... An adverse reaction that can kill you or cause irreparable brain damage. And And these are, you know, the little, the five to a hundred pound girl who's doing, you know, 15 shots in two hours. Mm -hmm. You're going to, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Yep. Um, Causes of alcohol abuse disorder. Um, Genetics, psychological disorders, and social and environmental factors all impact how you handle Mm -hmm. your alcohol use. Um, drinking too much over time can change the areas of your brain that experience pleasure, judgment, and behavioral control, which can result in drinking to restore good feelings or reduce negative feelings. Mm-hmm. So if you're drinking, it changes your brain. You have to drink to try to get those feelings back. Right. Um, or to not give you, not to feel forget, depressed. You know, oh, I'm drinking to forget. I'm di- I'm drinking. To, how many times do you get? I'm drinking to dull the pain. Right. You know, it you doesn't want to drink work. to dull the pain. Yeah. You know, it's only going to make the pain worse. Mm-hmm. Um, risk factors. Uh, alcohol abuse disorder occurs most frequently in your 20s and 30s, but you can get it anytime. anytime. You can be a 70 and start yeah. it. Um, steady, steady drinking over time. Um, if you drink too much on a regular basis or you're binge drinking on a semi, like every Saturday you go out and just pound beers based, so you black yeah. out. Um, if you start drinking at an early age, if you have a ham- family history of it, if you have depression or other mental health problems, um, if you have a history of trauma, like you said, people drink to dull the pain and then they get mm-hmm. hooked. Um, having bariatric surgery. We did an episode where we interviewed um, a friend who had bariatric surgery and she became an alcoholic after 
you have an alcohol is one a thing that a lot of people who have bariatric surgery go to instead of the mm-hmm. food they start drinking. You have an addiction to something, so you're substituting one yeah. for another. And alcohol is a huge is yeah. one of the biggest ones they and, go to. And part of the reason too is because it doesn't take much to get them drunk. Right. Now you've had it, you it takes one glass of wine, right. you're gonna feel like you had eight. Um and social and cultural factors. You're influenced as when you're a kid, a teenager by your parents. Mm-hmm. Are my parents shit faced all the time? Oh, it's not a big deal. Your peers, you know, if they're drinking all the time, your role models, like if they're, you know, like if you're looking up to somebody, oh, they go and do this and they go and do Mm -hmm. that. That influences if you're going to drink a lot. Um, And for adults, your friends, like if your friends are going out every week, you tend to do the same thing as them. Oh, yeah, I'll have another one. Or I know I do that. Um, And like your husband, your wife, your partners, like if they're, you know, oh, I'm going to have a drink after work. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll sit and have a drink with you. And then. It becomes more I've than one. I've noticed a couple where the husband has become a, was a drinker. He drank a lot. And I see her do it now. Yeah. I but it's just because that's like their social, yeah. you know, like Everything that's what you do. Everything around it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, complications from alcohol abuse disorder. Alcohol is a central nervous system depressant. Too much causes drowsiness, loss of control of your actions, slurred speech, loss of muscle coordination, coma, and possibly death. Mm-hmm. It lowers your inhibitions, which can lead to poor choices and unsafe unsafe Mm -hmm. situations like motor vehicle accidents, drownings, relationship problems, risky sexual behavior, poor performance at school and work, increased likelihood of committing violent crimes or being the victim of a violent crime, legal and financial problems, problems with other substances. You know, you get drunk, someone offers you, oh, look, I got some of this here, I got some of that, and your inhibitions are gone. Mm -hmm. Um, engaging in risky sex or being sexually abused or a victim of date rape and increased risk of attempted or completed suicide. Oof. The health complications of alcohol abuse disorder. There are a million. I briefly go over these. Um, digestive problems. You get gastritis, like which yes. is an inflammation of your um, stomach. Ulcers. Pancreatitis. Decreased absorption of vitamin, vitamin B and other nutrients, which leads to a slew of other problems. That, yeah. um, heart problems. You get hypertension. And increase your risk of an enlarged heart, heart failure, and stroke. Um, one binge can cause atrial fibrillation. Wow. Um, it, you're, it causes, like, a lot of problems with your heart. It's You're really pouring toxic stuff in. Yeah. Like, there was, you know, I'm watching stupid TikToks, and there's one guy, he debunks a lot of, um, like, health nuts will mm-hmm. get on and be like, never eat this and never do this. And one guy got on, and he's like... I never drink alcohol because even one drink is too bad for you. And the guy's like, actually, he is absolutely correct. Yeah. If you want to avoid a million health issues, never drink alcohol. Yeah. But nobody's going to do that. Right. Um, di- if you're a diabetic, there's diabetes complications. Alcohol affects the release of glucose from your liver and can increase the risk of hypoglycemia. And it's loaded with sugar. Yeah. This is dangerous, especially if you're already taking insulin or you're on a diabetic medication Ooh. and then you have some drinks and then it reduces. You're yeah. already causing hypoglycemia with the medicine and then you're drinking on top of it your sugars can drop wicked low or your sugars can go sky high if you have mixed drinks and all this um there's men have problems with erectile dysfunction and women get interruption of their periods if they're um you know have alcohol abuse disorder it causes eye problems because of the vitamin b1 deficiency which is thiamine you can have um nystagmus which is rapid eye mm-hmm. movements and weakness and paralysis of your eyes. Mm-hmm. So the the not absorbing vitamin B causes a, big deal. a ton of problems. Yeah. Um, you can have bone damage. Alcohol can interfere with bone growth, which can cause osteoporosis, which increases your risk for fractures. And when you're drunk and you fall, mm-hmm. you're going to break something more. Um, it can also 
damage bone marrow, which produces blood cells, which can lead to low platelet count, resulting in excessive bruising and bleeding. Mm -hmm. So again, you fall, you hit your head, you're drunk, you drink Mm -hmm. all the time, you're going to bleed out, bleed right into your brain. Um, It causes a weakened immune system. There's a ton of medication interactions. It can either weaken your medication or it can cause it to work more. So it, the interactions with medication and alcohol are severe, mm-hmm. especially ones that cause drowsiness. Um, it It's an alcohol abuse disorder causes an increased risk of cancer, especially for mouth, throat, liver, esophageal, colon, and breast cancers. They are highly Breast linked. cancers are interesting. I get everything else because it's literally everything the alcohol yes, touches. Yes, breast cancer. That's- They're highly linked to long-term excessive use of alcohol. And breast cancer is linked to like, you don't even have to use it that long. And it's linked to... That's Breast cancer has a, like a very strong link to drinking. It's weird. That's really weird. Yeah. Of all, of I know all you. Everything else, you're like, okay, got it. It's going like, through my mouth, going what, down my yeah, esophagus, it's, going it's into everything my stomach. Your, your liver would. I mean, uh, your it's body through your digestive process. system. Yeah. yeah, the breasts don't make sense. Yeah, but it, that has a very strong. It's Interesting. weird. Yeah. That's very weird. Um, it causes neurological complications, numbness in your, in pain in your hands and feet. It causes disordered thinking. It causes dementia, and it causes short-term memory loss. It also causes birth defects. Alcohol use during pregnancy may cause miscarriage. And it may also cause, which this is now a new name, fetal alcohol spectrum disorders. We used to call it fetal alcohol syndrome. syndrome. Um, Which means a child is born with physical and developmental disorders that last their whole lives. It's not like they're born and and they... And a kid with like fetal alcohol, you know them the moment you see They have a look. Yeah. Yeah. I have a cousin with fetal alcohol and... He looks like he has feet on. When I was in nursing school, my nursing instructor for maternity, I loved her. She was hysterical. And she was saying, <clears throat> this baby's born. She goes, it's fetal alcohol. There was no doubt about it. It was fetal alcohol. She goes, we get in the 51A because we're going to write this up because this is ridiculous. Fit with this fetal alcohol. She goes, this is the day when they had the maternity wards and the people could come in and look at the babies. Yeah. She goes, and the father came in. She's like, I tore up the paperwork. Look just like the father. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. She saw her. She's like... Thank God he came in because it looked exactly like the father who looked like he had fetal alcohol. <laughs> I started laughing. I thought that was the greatest that thing. That was funny. So they have a very specific look. Um, it causes liver disease. Heavy drinking causes increased fat in the liver, which is hepatic stetosis, and inflammation, which is alcoholic hepatitis. And over time, it can cause irreversible scarring of the liver tissue, which is cirrhosis. Um, patients with alcohol-associated cirrhosis may undergo liver transplantation if they have severe disease that warrants it. So just because you have alcoholic um, cirrhosis doesn't mean you're going to need a liver. You're going to need a liver. But if you have if it if you have complications from the cirrhosis, like portal hypertension or like compromised liver function, then you can get a liver transplant. Um, Abstinence from alcohol use is expected for patients on the transplant list. Some programs need you to be six month alcohol free before putting you on the list. But others feel this patient's so sick, they're going to die before the six months. They will put you on the list if they feel you're mm. not well mm. enough. It depends on the program. They all have different well, that roles. And these people, when they when that liver finally says, I'm done, it's done. they are so sick. Yeah, They are so sick. Um, so some of them are like, no, forget it. They're yeah. not going to last wait. six months to get wait. sober. So, um, Some centers monitor patients waiting for transplant for their alcohol use. And some require the patients to be in an alcohol treatment program like AA. While they're on the list. 
Um, 21% of liver transplants in the U.S. in 2015 were for alcohol-associated cirrhosis. One in five years survival rates and graft survival rates, meaning like the liver that was transplanted, after transplantation for these patients are similar to patients receiving liver transplants for other reasons. So they have the same outcomes, outcomes. one to five years out. However, 10-year patient and graft survival rates are lower for patients that had alcohol-associated cirrhosis than other patients. Interesting. Well, because you know what? It's damaged all the other stuff. That's the thing. They're like, they've damaged other parts of their body, so they're not right. doing as well. Right. Um, relapse after transplant happens 10 to 30% of, happens in 10 to 30% That's of the high. patients and increases the risk of graft rejection, loss, and recurrent disease and survival. That's high. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine going through all that shit and then picking up a drink. Like, that's a talk about a disease. Uh, that's the thing. That's they're just that's that's really an addiction. If mm-hmm. you're willing to you, yeah, if you you just shut your organs down, you got yep. a new one, you're doing it again. Um, remember, drinking causes a lower immunity. And post-transplant patients are on anti-rejection meds forever, which lowers your immunity, which also so they're like super susceptible to infection. Everything. Um, a poor support network, a family history of alcohol abuse, and not being abstinent from alcohol for six months before transplantation are predictors for post-transplantation yeah. Makes relapse. sense. Yep. Uh, it is encouraged for post-transplant patients to participate in an alcohol treatment program. And some on, some programs actually monitor the post-transplant patients for alcohol abuse as well. Mm. Um, but they highly suggest you get sober before yeah. getting on the list. It just helps you after. Yeah. Um, prevention for alcohol abuse disorder. Early intervention is huge. If you have a teenager, you have to be alert um, to signs and symptoms that might indicate the problem with alcohol, like loss of interest in activities, loss of interest in their appearance, red eyes, slurred speech, memory lapses, problems with coordination, difficulty with friends or hanging out with a totally new crowd, problems in school, mood changes and defensive behavior which are hard to spot in a teenager because that's what they have right, all the but, time i mean you see some people when they drink like again to go back to the murdoch case because i'm obsessed with the fucking murdoch murders mm-hmm. that kid paul when he drank it was like jekyll and hyde right he was a completely different aggressive angry right. you know like person right and i think i think with boys especially teenage boys they're they have that in them any like right they have like right. all this suppressed anger so then you you're inhibiting right yeah, but, I mean, you've seen people like I think if you're that person, where when you drink, you become a horrible person. Yeah, like and you can't control it. You should probably not drink right. like at 100%. all. You but I'm just I, mean? I think teenage boys have that in them yeah. anyways, and then you're lowering your inhibitions with so the alcohol. Like, that's yeah. just, you know, like yeah. they're just letting it all out. Not that that's okay, but no. you have to watch for. But this. to see such a drastic person, yeah. I mean, I had a girlfriend who loved her when I when she wasn't drinking. The moment she drank. I was like, who are you? I stopped yeah. hanging out with her because she was horrible right. when she drank. Yeah. Um, and the, But teenagers, it is hot, like, yeah. they had just had mood changes anyways. Yeah. One day they're, they're so happy and then they're an hour later, you're like, yeah. what, what happened? I don't even understand. Um, to help prevent teen alcohol use, set a good example. Mm-hmm. Talk openly and be involved in their lives. Learn about them. Talk to them. Mm-hmm. See what they're doing. Go to their things. Show up for them, yeah. you know. Um, and discuss expectations and consequences. You know, some people are okay with their kids, are okay giving their kids alcohol, which is crazy. <laughs> some kids, some people, you know, are like, I know you're going to drink. I expect you not to drive. I expect right. you to come home. Right. I expect you to be able to speak to me. You know, yeah. like, you know, your kids are going to drink. Keep your shit together. Get it together. <clears throat> you know, and these are the consequences mm-hmm. if you do this. Or I don't want you to drink at all. And these are the consequences. But be clear 
and pay attention. Right. Um, many people with an alcohol abuse problem don't recognize they have one. If you are drinking too much, binge drinking. If your drinking is causing problems at home, work, in relationships. If you think about drinking or plan around drinking. If loved ones are expressing concern about your drinking, you should seek help. It's hard to see it, that you have a problem. I think many, many people don't see they're alcoholics. No. Uh, many people. Because you can come up with a lot of excuses. Right. And some of them are not your classic alcoholics. Right. You know, they just come home and they have two or three drinks yep. every night. And they're like, but I'm perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Well, but then you... you're at work going, oh, I'm going to go home. And I'm going to have, have that drink. Yep. And then I'm going to have another one. And then maybe a third one. Right. Like you're thinking. Of, right. If you're thinking you're planning about your it, night around right. it. Like then you, it's or a you, it touches your lips and you're like, oh, this yep. is the best. You know. Um, talk to your PCP. Get a counselor. Get a um, psychologist. Go to AA. See, like, maybe this will work for me. Yeah. Do something about it. Um, and if you are concerned about a loved one's drinking, reach out to a professional for guidance on how to approach them so it can be effective. Mm-hmm. Don't just be like, hey, you got to knock it off. <laughs> like, you know, like, tr- talk to somebody, come up with, like, a plan mm-hmm. to help them. They might not listen to it at first, but if maybe you can approach them in a way that they might listen more, it'll be more helpful. And just... Not going to listen. Not going to listen, no matter yeah. what. Yep. So I'm probably going to cover a little of also what Laura talked about. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to talk some of the complications a little more in depth. Uh, my information came from Mayo.com mm-hmm. and John Hopkins Medical, mm-hmm. number one hospital in the country. Yep. Um, I'm going to get a little more into liver cirrhosis. Uh, we're going to call it fatty liver because you said the word and I never can pronounce mm-hmm. it, which is the most common form of um, liver induced alcohol liver induced problem mm-hmm. it's the buildup like she said of fat inside the liver causing enlarged liver it can happen to anyone who drinks heavy did that what I wrote <laughs> yeah we're going drinks a lot that's what I wrote so it's heavy okay. um, that's like the worst form of it then you can get acute hepatitis which is alcohol associated hepatitis is an inflammation of the liver with death to the liver cells and permanent scarring so when you do a transplant on somebody who has cirrhosis of the liver the liver we've talked about this and i think our transplant episode the liver is like a beautiful i know it sounds weird it's a beautiful one all right it really is it's smooth and shiny and pink and it's enormous like you cannot believe how big your liver is it's fucking enormous it takes up the whole top of your right it is right under your enormous right from in front to back it's thick like it's just it's a it's one of your bigger organs when somebody comes in with alcoholic cirrhosis let alone how they look physically everywhere Mm -hmm. else the liver is black it's covered in like cysts. It, oh, it's so lumpy. And it's, it's lumpy. This, it's, it's shrunken so up. It's shrunken half yeah. the size. It's hard. It's yeah. if if alcohol people who drink alcohol could see what the a liver looked like, yeah. it's horrific how mm-hmm. bad it can be, and it can happen quickly to mm-hmm. somebody with that. <clears throat> so that's the liver set. Like it's black. Part of it will be black from the death. It's so. It's disgusting. It's and it's so. It's amazing how small. Sometimes it comes out. I'm like that's the littlest. Yeah, liver. And sometimes it comes out, and you can smell alcohol. Yes, you can smell yes. the alcohol. I'm like, and I know they didn't drink today. Like right. they weren't drinking yesterday. I remember and they- doing a trauma, God, decades ago, and he was drunk driving. Mm-hmm. The sponges coming out of his smell body like a- reeked yeah. about. It was disgusting because mm-hmm. the smell of blood and alcohol oh, together yeah, is not a good smell. Um, so the actual cirrhosis, which is the, dis- I can't read my own. I was in a hurry yesterday. <laughs> So it's the destruction of the normal liver tissue. Now you've gone beyond like liver death cells. It is scar tissue is replaced healthy liver tissue, and it can cause the liver to stop working altogether, which is when you're going to need a liver yeah. transplant. 
the both of these are linked to long-term unhealthy alcohol abuse, which Laura covered as being five or more drinks a day for men, four more, you know, and weekly. Like, I don't think, I think you have to look at your behavior. If you can't go weeks without alcohol right. and and then just have one and keep going more weeks, then you have a problem. Right. Like, you have to be able to, you know, I say now, like, two drink limit, that's it. Mm-hmm. I go out, I have two drinks, I'm done. Yeah. Because anything over two drinks, I'm going to feel awful. Right. And I don't want to get that look to my face and the belly, and we'll talk about all that as yeah. well. So signs and symptoms of a fatty liver, often for people, they have no symptoms at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have upper abdominal discomfort on the right side of your body where your liver is, tenderness, tenderness weakness, weight loss. Anytime you're getting upper abdominal pain over your liver, you might want to get that checked. Yeah. That, that could be a problem. So signs and symptoms for acute hepatitis or cirrhosis are fever, weakness, abdominal pain, or discomfort, nausea, vomiting, appetite, uh, loss, poor nutrition, weight loss, jaundice, portal hypertension. And this is going to be related. We're going to talk about esophageal varices, which is directly related to portal hypertension, which is the blood flow to the liver has decreased because of all the scarring Mm -hmm. and everything. And it forms the vessels to create new pathways around the blockages to the liver. The problem is the portal vessels carry massive amounts of blood. Mm -hmm. And the little pathways they make can't handle the amount of blood they take. And they get really enlarged. Mm -hmm. Um, You can have an enlarged spleen, GI bleeds, um, belly ascites. So if you look at a classic alcoholic, they've got little, they look like the people on the UNICEF commercials. They've got little tiny legs, Mm -hmm. little tiny arms, and gigantic bellies. Yep. and uh, like you can look at like Laura and I can look and be like, oh, they got the alcohol body. Oh, they got the alcoholic face. You can just see them a mile away. Yeah. Um, they can have increased infections, kidney failure, confusion, treatment of this. Stop drinking. Yeah. All of these, the treatment's going to be stop drinking. Mm-hmm. So the portal hypertension causes esophageal varices. This is another major complication. Huge. Of being an alcoholic, which are these enlarged veins that go around the esophagus. And these varices, they can leak or they can rupture. Yeah. And they leak or rupture into your throat, into your esophagus, or into your colon mm-hmm. or your small intestines. Um, signs and symptoms of this are vomiting large amounts of blood. When I say you are vomiting large amounts of blood, it's you are hemorrhaging through your mouth. It's awful. And recently we had somebody come in. I did his... Uh, esophageal varices on a Friday night and I did his liver transplant on Monday mm. because that's how bad he had gotten. They have the Blakemore tube, which yes. if you have never seen a Blakemore tube actually on somebody, now we get, a lot of our people get flown in from other hospitals. So this person had ruptured their varices at an outside hospital and they were coming in for what they call a TIPS procedure where they go in with x-ray and stuff and they try to clot these varices off to keep them from bleeding to death. And they put this balloon down their esophagus, which is a big, long balloon, mm-hmm. and they blow it up as wide as it can go. And then they put a weight on the, like, so the tube is down your throat. Mm-hmm. It comes out through your mouth. It's hooked onto like a fucking hockey face yeah. mask. You look like Hannibal Lecter. And then there's a weight on it to keep the pressure on those or you're going to bleed to death. Mm-hmm. If they rupture these in the wrong place, they bleed to death. It is a awful procedure. Yes. And they come in and they are covered all over their That's face everywhere. and blood everywhere. And with that kind of blood comes the black tarry stools, also known as melana. There is nothing like the smell of melana. Nothing like the smell of melana. You can smell that three uh, three doors down. Oh, yeah. It's disgusting. And you know it immediately. Oh, there's melana somewhere. <clears throat> and that's from the leaking of the vessels and they're swallowing the blood and swallowing the blood and swallowing the blood. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have lightheadedness due to the loss of blood. Yeah. 
uh, the varices are caused by the cirrhosis, blood clots, and there is a parasitic infection that we talk about. Remember Skizzy? Oh, yeah. That causes esophageal yeah. varices because they block up all the vessels. Yeah. And they so cause they get, yep. get new ones. Um, the major risk is bleeding. If you have had one bleeding episode of your varices, your risk is severely increased of you having a second. Mm-hmm. If you've survived the first one. Um, prevention. Stop, Stop drinking. drinking. <laughs> Eat healthy. Maintain a healthy weight. Pardon. Um, be careful uh, with household cleaners because they can irritate it. Yeah. The chemicals, if you're smelling them and stuff, yeah. they can irritate it. Um Reduce your behaviors that that would lead. So stop drinking. So, mm-hmm. You know, really, your body has a great way of letting you know shit's not working right, right, and you really need to listen to it because when it decides to stop, it stops. Mm-hmm. I mean, we one Christmas season had three like thirty somethings come in, and one of them had been working in like a kitchen, and he got like diarrhea, and his liver had shut down. Like boom, he yeah. didn't even know it was coming, and mm-hmm. he was he died. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, he was, how bad of an alcoholic do you have to be to die from it at 33? Right. Like, that's so young. It was awful. Yeah. So another complication of alcoholism is Wernicke-Korsakoff syndrome. Mm-hmm. This is two separate syndromes or separate illnesses that can combine together at the end of one and become Wernicke-Korsakoff. So Wernicke-Korsakoff syndrome, WK, mm, is, easy, as- <laughs> is associated with but not exclusively linked to severe alcoholism. It's estimated to be underdiagnosed in about 80% of patients. And I believe that because they think they just think, oh, it's dementia. It's yeah. Alzheimer's. It's dementia. Yeah. Um, WK involves two different brain disorders that often occur together. It's caused by alcohol co- abuse combined with the vitamin B1 thiamine deficiency. Mm-hmm. So when you see alcoholics come into the ER, they get what they call the banana bag. Mm-hmm. I remember this being on the nursing boards. Yeah. And a banana bag is vitamin B. Yeah. That's the first thing they're going to give them because it, it really starts significantly reducing a lot of, the a lot of these symptoms, yeah. especially if they're going to start withdrawing on them. They'll start giving them the vitamin B1. <clears throat> alcoholics have poor nutrition because they drink the meals. Yeah. You know, um, if you watch an alcoholic, they're going to drink three or four drinks and they'll pick at their dinner because, because they're, they're full, full. on yeah. the booze. Um, and that's where you get all these malnourished looks to them. Mm-hmm. Um, poor nutrition decreases the ability of the gut to absorb thiamine. So if you're not, if your gut's not working right, you're not taking in the vitamin B from the food and it increases your risk of getting WK. WK syndrome affects different regions of the brain, mainly the hypothalamus, the hippocampus, which I forgot that even existed. In the, brain. <laughs> the hypo, did I say the hypothalamus? Yeah. The thalamus, the hypothalamus, the hippocampus, and the cerebellum. These areas are responsible for vision impairment, language, vision, movement, language, sleep, memory, and motivation. Mm-hmm. Alcoholics apparently are not very motivated because everything left kicks yeah. is their motivation. So <clears throat> symptoms of, it's the first symptoms are really of Wernicke's, which are confusion, lack of energy, hypothermia, low blood pressure, possibly a coma, mm-hmm. lack of muscle coordination. It affects posture and balance and it can lead, what did I write? Tremors. It can lead to tremors. It can cause vision problems like mm-hmm. Laura talked about, nystagmus, uh, double vision, cross-eyed, eye drooping. Mm-hmm. Um, the eye issues and the muscle issues can resolve once they get thiamine. So if they start seeing these issues and they go right to the ER, they'll give them the thiamine and you can resolve these issues. Yeah. The other symptoms may be very slow or not um, or not completely resolve at all. Mm-hmm. Without treatment, Wernicke's will progress to 
Korsakoff psychosis. <clears throat> Excuse me. Symptoms of Korsakoff psychosis. This specific disease fascinated me in nursing school, and I think it was because I think there's a lot of dementia people out there that had yeah, this, and have people this. didn't know. I was fascinated by yeah. this. So severe irreversible memory impairments, um, like you can't form new memories, you mm-hmm. can't recall old memories. Mm-hmm. But then you can see why, when you hear the symptoms, you can see why it's often misdiagnosed. You make up stories or you remember things completely incorrect. Mm-hmm. You hallucinate repetitive speech and actions, problems with decision-making, lack of motivation, and emotional empathy. Um, the The diagnosis is usually three symptoms, though. If you see an MRI, you can actually see the damage they've done in the brain. Yeah. So both Wernicke and Korsakoff are treated with vitamin B1. Wernicke... Wernicke... <laughs> Wernicke's can resolve, but if left untreated, it goes into Korsakoff syndrome, which can lead to permanent damage. Mm-hmm. You, you might not come back from that. Um, so you've been diagnosed with liver cirrhosis. You've been diagnosed with Wernicke's and you'd like, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I stopped drinking. But you've been drinking a handle of vodka a day. Mm-hmm. We can't just stop drinking because if you just stop drinking, as she said, you're going to get the DTs, yep. also known as the delirium tremors. Uh, this came out of the Cleveland Clinic. Delirium tremors are the most severe form of alcohol withdrawal, and it can be life-threatening. It happens when, um, so when a severe alcoholic stops drinking, this is why you're going to get the DTs. Alcohol depresses your central nervous system. Mm -hmm. So as more your central nervous system gets depressed, it's releasing chemicals to bring it back up because your central nervous system is your breathing. It's It's your emotion. It's everything. (laughs) So it has to compensate. So it's constantly giving you more of what you need to keep it active. And your body takes that as its new normal level. Mm-hmm. When you stop drinking, you still have these huge high amounts of chemicals keeping your CNS overly active and it can't handle it. Mm-hmm. Now your your body's going out of control because the CNS has not been depressed. Mm-hmm. So um, I wrote all that down. I just explained it to you. So the symptoms... You're going to start, which the most common are the handshakes. And you'll see these people. You're yeah, like, oh, you know, hey there, shaky, shaky. Um, it's especially in the hands. They'll have confusion, deli- uh, delirium specific to alcohol withdrawal. Mm-hmm. They'll have agitation or anxiety, which will lead to combative or aggressive behaviors. Mm-hmm. They can have psychosis symptoms like hallucinations, sensory disruptions and disorientation, heavy sweating and then the seizures, these can be very dangerous and deadly if left unchecked. They turn into status epilepticus. Mm-hmm. That's when your seizures are going on for very long times or it's one after the other, after the other, after the other. And if you are seizing like that, you can't live. Yeah. Like it's not compatible with life. And it will lead to death. They will have high temps, headaches, nausea, vomiting, fast heart rates. The initial symptoms will appear, like she said, one to three days after the last drink. Mm -hmm. The most severe symptoms are four to five days after the last drink. Your risk factors of DTs are you already have a history of DTs. You have um, multiple tries to stop drinking and it's not working. You are a heavy alcohol drinker. You are older. You don't see DTs in people who are in their 30s. Usually you're going to see them in people in their 50s and Mm -hmm. 60s, established alcoholics. Your body is is 100%. So the treatment of this is you have to slow down the CNS. So they're going to give you benzodiazepines. Mm -hmm. If you are really, really bad, they're going to give you general anesthesia to calm everything down. Um, They're given IVs where they're getting many vitamins, not just B1, many minerals. Um, And if you work... 
if you wish to quit drinking after years of abuse, you have to do it under a doctor's mm -hmm. prescription. Like even in the in the medic in the medical floors, the hospitals, they'll have beer and they'll have yeah. alcohol up there because you have these alcoholics come in. You've got the little eighty year old lady who doesn't tell anybody that she drinks alone by herself. Right. And then she starts the fucking DTs. Right. So they give her a beer a day to yeah. keep her going until yeah. she's out of the hospital. You know, like that they've countless things like that. Where yeah. you, they have, they have, you call the pharmacy and they give mm -hmm. you a beer. A lot of older women are closet drinkers. Yeah. Nobody knows they are stashed in a bottle of scotch and they have a scotch and mm -hmm. water, a couple of Well, and like if you're a little forgetful or a little, your balance is off. Mm -hmm. Well, you're 80. So like people just assume yeah. it's because you're 80, you know, yeah. they don't know you're drinking. Yeah. We had so, a family member that was in the hospital for a while and um, they're like, oh, they gave me um, Librium. And I'm like, oh, well, that's because I'm I drink hot. And I'm like, yeah, because yeah. they they will give you ding 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 ding. Lip, there's lithium and there's librium, and librium booze. The B means booze. Yeah. So if you if someone's on librium, it's usually not. It's used to treat someone who's in the hospital that is a drinker. They will give them librium right. to keep them to keep them from going from into, going into the DTs and stuff. DTs are no joke. No. People joke about it. Oh, He's got the shakes. It is no joke. No. That's a your really, body is having a very. Hard that's time. a very sad symptom that your body is that addicted yeah. to alcohol. Like I find any addicts to watch them withdrawing and seeing their body go through that. It it bothers me mm -hmm. a lot, and to it bothers me that people get there. And I I understand there's many causes why people drink and do drugs, and mm -hmm. they're all you know they're self medicating whatever it is. I just it bothers me. Yeah. To see people so dependent on something like that. You know, you watch the addicts at Mass and Cass mm -hmm. and they're like bent over in half, sleeping on the sidewalk, standing up. I'm like, how did you get there? Right. How did you get there? Yeah, that's sad. So Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Don't Happy have holidays. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. Don't binge drink. Just yeah. maybe one Moderation. Glass. Just moderation. Yeah, Enough to get eggnog. you. Yeah, having a little fun story and then call it a day. We don't want any risky behaviors during the holidays. No. Just you know, my, my daughter's a peanut and you know, they're in high school. You know, they're going to drink. And I don't want them to never touch it and get to college and go hog wild. Right. But she's a peanut. Yeah. Like, you can't drink what anybody else is drinking because right. you'll be incapacitated right. in about five seconds. Yeah. You know, I'm like, hold one all night. Nobody's going to know. That's what I used to say to my kids is like, if you're at a party or something and, you know, everyone's fair pressure is a thing, mm -hmm. you know, and everyone, I'm like, get it. A, get a can. Don't get a glass of anything. Get right. a can. So they can. Because you know what's in the can. And then you can hold that all night. No, it's my tenth. Nobody's gonna. No know. No one knows. No one because they've already probably had ten themselves. Like yep. so, no one knows. If you feel that pressured, get a can. Do not get a cup, and just you can stay with that mm -hmm. one can all night. But these kids, you know, well, all of us not have that stupid. friend that you don't want to go out with anymore because they're sloppy drunk. Mm -hmm. You know, who's wetting themselves. I don't have the patience for that shit anymore. <laughs> I have less patience for it from somebody in their forties and fifties. Like I know. I can't stand sloppy drunks this age. It's like it just I'm like, get your shit together. Come on. I You're know. too old for this. I you know? know? I, I have no patience for it. Um like I said, I know it's a problem, but it on my end, when I see it, I, I'm just I don't like it. I don't like it. I never think it's funny at this age. No. Well, I also <laughs> think it depends on like how you grew up, how I grew mm -hmm. up, like you have people and it just affects how you see it. Yeah. Yeah. But I find sometimes when you're, uh, have alcoholism in the family, you have less patience for it and you tend to be a little more hyper, um, sensitive to watching like, oh, that person's been drinking all night, yeah. you know? Yeah. 
So, all right, listen, enjoy the holiday season. But don't season. enjoy too much. Don't be drinking and driving if Do you not feel. Drink and, there's like, there's no excuse anymore. No. You can literally go on your phone that's in your hand anyways, get a car and you're home mm-hmm. in 10 minutes safe and no, no one's excuse. hurt. There is no excuse. And, you know, if you've been imbibing a lot all year and you see it's dry January coming, consult your doctor before you decide to just go cold turkey. Yes. All right. Tell be- them honestly how much you right. drink. And they're not you know, judging you, but they're going to help you be like, yes, you can do that. Or, right. hey, how about we try, go down to, you know, two a day yep. and then one Take a day easy, and then yep. do it. You know? And, you know, if you think you need AA, it's not just a bunch of old vet alcoholics. You'd be surprised the people you will yeah. run into in AA. Yep. It's uh, an unbelievable program. It has helped lots and lots of people. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, no shame in it, nothing wrong with no, it. There's you no, there shouldn't be any shame in it because nope. you're doing something to but improve yourself. yourself. Yep. Yeah. And maybe you might be able to give somebody a story that might help them too. Right. So enjoy. Hope everybody gets what they want and everybody is safe. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Scissors and Scrubs. And email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissorsandscrubs at gmail.com.